Hello and welcome to this episode of Awareness with Amanda Lynn. It is, of course, I, your host, Amanda Lynn. On this episode, I drop the needle with Harry Portnoff, the founder of Greenway Records and the label head at Levitation and Reverberation Appreciation. We take a look into what it's like to create all these beautiful records I, and I'm sure many of my listeners, adore. We also meet up on a groove and explore psychedelic rock just as fans ourselves. The artists on his label and others in the modern psychedelic scene have been and are creating some prolific work. If you're starved for music that isn't void of its authenticity, it is out there in abundance. Follow the threads and reject what the culture has curated for you. It is a very pleasant surprise. Before we dive in to Harry and I's discussion, I thought this was the perfect episode to share my short poem. You guys know every now and then I sprinkle one in. It's called A Love Letter to Psychedelic Rock. I wrote it this past October when I was feeling grateful for all the pioneers and where we're at now. Maybe you can relate. All of the sudden... I find myself taking the 13th floor elevator with a dead head and Jim Morrison. Where a beautiful butterfly made of iron tells me to hop on Jefferson's airplane. I follow a white rabbit to the fifth dimension where I tune in, turn on and meet a professor fired from Harvard. He is Richard Alpert now, but soon he will teach those willing to see. A sunshine Superman flies over a rainbow with a guy named Sid. Now I'm in a Technicolor dream with Lennon and Warhol. They're telling me about their friend Janice they just know would adore me. And she invites me to this gig she's pretty nervous about called Woodstock. Next thing I know, we're on a bus on our way there. What is this dream? The travel there seems to be a pinnacle of psychedelia and a funeral simultaneously lurks. You see, the TVs told everyone all these hippies were all just like Charles Manson and his followers. That, of course, was never true. But people on the TV never know the truth. I wish I could tell everyone here at Woodstock, I'm from the future. 
And there are more of us than ever before. A portal opens wide just as Jimmy finished the national anthem. And I see a lizard wizard handing me a microphone. It is time to return now, and I couldn't be more grateful to be here now. Now I'm pleased to bring you Harry Portnoff on this episode of Awareness with Amanda Lynn. Today on the podcast, we have Harry Portnoff, the founder of Greenway Records, and you are the label head at Levitation and Reverberation Appreciation. Do I have that correct? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. You have quite the uh, following of your name. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I'm just very lucky to make records. That's all. Like, I'm really thankful and really uh, fortunate to have figured out how to do that somehow honestly yeah yeah well that's why that's my first question actually is like what sort of you know harry's just out there you're in new york right i'm in new york yeah yeah so you're just out there in new york doing your thing and what is the like download from the universe that sends you like greenway records like what what were the moments or moment that you were like this is this is going to happen this is what i'm going to do now I really, you know, it was like six years. Now it's like six years ago that Greenway sort of was founded. The first release technically was released January of 2015. So what is that? Seven years now? Actually, crazy. We're at the seven-year anniversary, which is pretty wild. That's crazy. Um, Time. (laughs) Time. Yeah. yeah. Pink Floyd just starts playing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's a, it's a trip, I will say for sure. I mean, um, you know, I was just around that. I had graduated college. I was, I I was working in New York city. I moved back up to New York and I was studying to become an accountant. That's what I did out of school. I studied accounting in school. I was just like, didn't know what I wanted to do honestly with my life at all. And my, my dad wasn't accounting. He was like, you should do this. It's just smart. And I'm like, okay. Sounds smart. I'll just try to do that, you know, so, like I didn't want to waste time. This, I don't know. It was like this guilt of like always wait, like didn't want to be wasteful. I got out of school and I would like was working in New York City. I started working for an accounting firm. I was also studying to do the CPA exam simultaneously to that, which was this thing out of school. And I, and I was getting my master's in accounting actually at the time. And um, I just I always loved music. I, I was playing in bands when I was in high school. I started to play more heavily in bands when I was in college. When I would come home, I had a really great group of friends. We just always wanted to jam. All I cared about, was, I didn't care about accounting at all, honestly. I really was not very good at it, per se. But like, to the book, educationally, it was diff- like the To what I've realized now, funny enough, is like, in the real world scenarios, it's helped me significantly run a business. And like, the concepts I learned then are helped shape my understanding of exactly what in a very useful sense now, more so than I understood then that it would be. 
if that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, you didn't uh, know what you were learning it for yet. <laughs> I, there, at that time, I felt like I was learning it for nothing, honestly. And like, yeah. And it's like when everything, I realized that like in school, they teach you everything theoretically. It's like, this is a theoretical situation. Imagine, and I didn't, in, it, my imagination didn't work with accounting and numbers the way that I can apply it to my imagination now, I feel like, you know, like, um, and it was really hard for me to grasp those concepts until I put them into the real world scenarios of which I found them to be useful if that makes sense. Um, so I was playing in bands. I was, I always play I, music. I just loved to play music, listen to music. Uh, I loved re- collecting things, equipment. I started to collect music. Like this is back in the day when like you'd be in school and like you'd log into some sort of like file sharing situation. Yeah. Like where like, see, like I would log into a file sharing situation and be like, I'm going to download all the music on the floor right now, like on this dorm room floor somehow. Like everybody was logged into some sort of like not legal file sharing scenario. <laughs> it was very lime wiry, honestly. I'm like dating myself a little bit, but like, yeah. And, I remember. Yeah, and like we would, I would just take everything. Like, and I would kind of organize it. I was like very into collecting and hearing as much as I could sort of deal, like sponging all this up and, I started to discover more and more new music at the time, like, uh, and then, and then I, then I discovered late in, in, in my college scenario, I discovered like a love vinyl records, essentially. Like I discovered my dad's vinyl record collection in my grandmother's attic and I had taken it all and I found a, a record player that like at the time I didn't realize was broken Actually, it took me like six months at least to re- to realize that I was only listening to like one half of a stereo mix. So like, I was like, That's oh, this is so weird. a very funny story yeah. for you to have. I was like, vinyl is so weird. It's only half the music. Why would anyone like, this is so interesting. I'm like, it, this is, a, but I'm like, oh, it's an interesting half. Like, it sounds cool this way or whatever. Like, I was, and then I realized that I was just like, wasn't playing or wasn't connected in stereo or something. Something was up, was not right with it, but took about six months. I got like a better situation. I had upgraded and I was like, holy shit. That was like my first realization that like every time you can make a piece of the puzzle better, it gets better. Like, and then like, I'm still riding that, that, uh, wave of always bettering the, like the, the signal chain of sorts mm-hmm. from an audio file perspective. And then it got crazy. I just went down like a rabbit <laughs> hole. I was like, really, uh, collect like I would be on Discogs. I spent a lot of time on Discogs. I still do spend a lot of time on Discogs, honestly. <laughs> but like, I at the time I was like, I was working. I had a decent amount of uh, you know I had very not much responsibility straight out of school. I could like, um, you know, grab a record when I wanted to grab a record, basically, and which was nice. And I and I started to amass a pretty serious collection. Like I started to become pretty obsessed with like a lot of labels that I still love so much and look up to. And like, I became really early, like third man records, early Jack White vinyl releases before they hit like release number a thousand or whatever they're on right now. Yeah. <laughs> like I was remember when they first opened the shop in Nashville, like very, very beginning. Like I went to record store day number like two and I actually went wow. to Nashville for it. And like, and it was just like a little community at that time. Like it wasn't so crazy. And I was like really obsessed with a lot of the crazy, amazing things he was doing though. And I couldn't get my hands on a lot of it because I wasn't in Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was like, it was really hard to get you like, if you weren't like, there was a community of people who lived in Nashville who like thrived on like, 
being the like, first flip, ones. Flipping, yeah. like there was like careers <laughs> made out of just being close to third man records at the time, essentially. Wow. Yeah, like, cause you just got there and then you can go later and sell it for like a hundred dollar profit. Like that was just, flipping is very much part of the uh, vinyl game or world or whatever, right? It's unfortunate. I don't condone flipping, but you know. <laughs> It's a part of that, you know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was, I, I'm, I paid flippers sometimes for things I really wanted. I'll say, and like, <laughs> but then like, it came to a point where I was like, oh man, this is like insane. I just can't, like, I couldn't. I'm like, but I had like a realization where I wanted to try to make my own version of what I couldn't get my hands on. Finding out about one and hunting it down, like, there's, a, there is this whole world around the community of like being into vinyl records and i'm also also a fan obviously and i would imagine that the next best thing when you're like realizing hey this is like very much consuming me like what can i do with it i i always wanted to i had i always wanted to create something i i always loved the idea of art you know and like you know just like how i could i felt fulfilled in some sort of creative sense or whatever really early on i was like you know i was playing with these bands i was playing i wasn't i would i played in the band that was like a we had a really like pretty sick like surf rock fuzzy out like cover set but it like we were very obscure with our cover so a lot of people didn't know we were covering like the ventures the chantel we mix in like oh, okay. we mix in like early thai seagulls they just thought stuff it that, was like, you people didn't know. yeah <laughs> and at the end of the show I, I got kind of tired of being like yeah this is who this is this is this i'm just be like yeah man like thanks for coming or whatever you know we weren't like it was our hometown bar but anyway we had played a lot of shows with a lot of great bands who were budding songwriters from my town long beach long island and at one point, I was like hanging out with a friend of mine who's in a band that we played with called the Young Rochelles, your pop punk band from that from my hometown. And I was like, he's like, yeah, man, I have like thirty songs. I'm like, that's crazy. I'm like, can I like make two on a like try to make a seven inch or whatever? I have this idea, like colored, like handmade, really focused on the packaging from like a product like, early on from like a product perspective or whatever, making something that if somebody sees this. There, it's it's so intriguing that they'll spend fifteen dollars to see what it's all about. You know, That's so cool. You're like, like seeing what is to I later mean, become the whole entire thing. And it was it was like you know very influenced by things that I loved. In past like third band, there was a lot of labels that did it that amazingly. In the red, Castle Face, fucking Sacred Bones. Um, oh, there's just so many that I can't even. Uh, I'll not say a hundred that I love right now basically but like all of them i was just consumed with all of it and i really wanted to like you know take the best of what i loved and diffuse that all to one to me or my what i would choose to make if i placed the order to make it you know and that's that definitely was how it started and really was really great we like you know the, the community was strong at that there was a very it was small but supportive you can go and like there were other places on the internet like i remember early forums and stuff i'd go on and people be like oh my god that's so cool yeah and then we sold 300 of them in a couple of months or like it was pretty quick and then at that point i was able to i took i, I rolled all that first one into the next two and then i rolled the two into four and four into eight and then all of a sudden like within a year greenway had like put out like 37 inches or like uh... and i really like took the idea to try to build a family that way like because even early on from a conceptual standpoint, I had to get the first amount of people to trust in my idea and trust in the concept and trust in the vision when I didn't have anything really to show yet until mm-hmm. like necessarily. And, but like, 
you got like at the same time I would start to really start to go to a lot of shows in Brooklyn and New York. I started to really go oh, like at the time Brooklyn's music scene and still is, but at that time particularly the DIY scene was insane. Like it was, it was like the Death by Audio days, two eighty five Kent, the Last Lands, like all these incredible uh, DIY spaces that were like in a block radius. Very different area of Williamsburg, Brooklyn today than it was in like 2014, 2015 time or whatever. And it was, it was a pretty amazing time. I mean, really quickly, I met a bunch of really like-minded people and, and quickly I convinced a whole number of them of that vision. And they were like, we're down. Do you want to do a record for us? Sick. Yeah, let's do it. And like the first Brooklyn band I'd done was an amazing band called Scully. It's three girls who just fucking ripped and they were just, they were, they were opening for Jeff the Brotherhood at Death by Audio. And I was like blown away. I was like, holy shit. Like I got to make a record for a band like this. Like, mm-hmm. and they were down. And that was like the first, I was like breaking, like going from my home to my, the home of where I, like I wanted to be a part of like the Brooklyn, New York city, like music scene. And, you know, it was from there, it was, it was off to the races. I just wanted to do as much as I could as, as, as fast as I could and as with as as much quality as I could manage. And it was, I became consumed with yeah, that. It was yeah. just like a yeah. new, con- but what a fulfilling thing when you were speaking, I was just thinking about how beautiful it is. Like the idea of having this vision and then finding the people that under like can see the vision with you. And then that idea of, you know, collaborating on a unified vision together. Like that's such like, that is so fun to do. And there's something I think is so interesting about the idea of you finding these people in Brooklyn, you know, you're just going out to these shows and making acquaintances and seeing bands. And it's like, the universe is literally putting all these people in your corner when yeah. you're ready, when you're ready for them. Like how wild is that? And then they're ready for you. Like totally. they need someone who's going to take that part of it on for them so they can focus on, you know, making more music and exactly. what a weird and perfectly aligned relationship that must be. Is there any special stories about those early days or now that you would like to share? I mean, it was just really, it felt like a really incredible and like inspiring time to me. There was a lot of uh, like, it was just like, I realized really quickly that like there was no harm in putting yourself out if you wanted to try to attempt to do something. If you didn't ask the question, the answer was already no, right? So like get out, You it, to be told no was where you were when you started, but you might get that yes, that changes things for you, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're too scared, the, you know, I, to, uh, to even go there, you're, you were there, you were, that's where you started. It's like craziness, you know, I don't know. And like, I agree fully. Yeah. No, yeah. it's a really important point to make because so many people get caught in that in between space of yeah. having the probably individually genuinely great idea because we're all full of our own unique visions and yeah. then the space where they act on it not worried about fear of failure or rejection or, you know, all those things coming up because you have Mm -hmm. to be able to accept that if you're going to get the yeses that change things. Totally. I mean, I feel like a lot of people get stuck, you know, it's easy to become self-conscious on an idea, think of an inherent 
you know, what, think of the negative, like what could fault, what faults you can find yourself within. But if you forget about all that and realize that nothing matters at all, really, ultimately, you might as well try, you know, if it's, yeah, it's if you're liberating. Really, really excited about it. Yeah. yeah. It's so liberating. Um, Cause if you, if you are thinking, like you said, if they say no, like, oh, wow, that's where I already was. It's like, what? Was there, there. Yeah, yeah, there's no loss. Yeah. And it's so fun. And you get so no, you're not, surprised. You're not worse off. Yeah. yeah, you get so surprised by the yeses or the people that start just appearing in your corner that you're just like, wow, okay. These people were, we were meant to meet. We were meant to, to coexist and create together. And I think if you're like energy and you're, you're a passion is genuinely inherently good and you're putting out all that positive excited energy with within that passion for it it speaks for itself people get excited about that they get they can feel that energy and it makes them excited about the prospect and the idea and like it's it's like if you're you have to be 100 excited about it or figure out something else to do you know like that gets you to that point of just pure joy <laughs> like it does reverberate. Like they yeah, feel totally. yeah, they're like, I'm does. not There's trying to be editor. funny, but they do. Yeah. They feel like this is genuine. These people are clearly passionate. They're they, people can smell, you know, stink of like something that's not passionate or not, you know, there's no heart yeah. behind it. But people know, yeah, not people genuine. know, yeah. people know we, we can figure it out. So if you're, For if sure. everyone involved in the project is on that like high vibration, excited, like we're full yes. speed, that is so felt. And I think that's why it gets embraced so easily. Like, I'm not sure, like, I'm not big on like defining that, even though I agree, like vibrational manifestation, all that. I, I agree with the general idea of all that, even though I don't know, like, it would like where like the terminology would be putting a finger on this kind of thing. But all that being said, there's absolutely an, an energetic field of that you can yeah. feel between each other. I mean, I, what prime example to me is when such a special thing I've always realized like this, like you ever go to like the really the best like show of your life to where like you realize everyone in that room left that room together. Like, and you kind of come like it's over and you're just like, there's this crazy afterglow. Like what mm. happened? Like not every show is like that. You realize you're in like a special moment when like, and like, that's a thing. Like we all literally left ourselves in that. Like, I don't even remember the hour I was here kind of deal, you know, like, mm. what is that? Like, you gotta, like, you gotta try to like get on um, feel like I get really excited about ideas where I feel like that is happens a lot. You know, like, yeah, and, or that's the possibility. And, yeah, yeah, and that's getting to like you know, it's there was it was a really amazing avalanche, I will call it, from the early days in a way, like for me, uh, with the just the you know opportunities and just like just being able to do things I really believed in, and I'm thankful for being able to do what felt like the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm yeah. thankful because I think when I first, the first record I think I heard from you guys was a Levitation Room record. I got really into them. I was just like Amazing. all in. Like, they yeah. are, right? Like Amazing. What? Oh, my God. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> every Song time writing. I go back. Yeah, yeah. Every time I go back, I'm like blown Which one, Headspace away. or 7-inch um, Warmth of the Sun? Or Yep, I was Warmth yeah. of the Sun. That, it was like a summer where I that was on... I mean, they're such an incredible, like I was always, personally, I was always drawn to songwriting. Like mm -hmm. for me, it's like when I felt just the song itself could be, it just 
it started like it's it spoke for itself no matter you, you just knew i trust i always trusted my ear feeling like when i felt good about that i felt good about that song and i found myself humming it a day, a day later i didn't even realize i couldn't even remember what i was humming and i realized it was something that i had just heard like that i knew that was special mm-hmm. like and that was that was a feeling i followed a lot actually when i would like and early on if i like heard something and was like you know checking something out and then I would forget about it and it would come back into my life somehow, like in a, in a way either like I, I would wake up. I wouldn't even know what I was stuck in my head. I wouldn't recognize it. And then I would realize it was like the, like a, a, a levitation room song I got, had in my email or something, or like a Jane church record that I had just saw the other the, the him the day before. And like, just like these early records I had released. I, I remember distinctly having those moments where I didn't even know what I was remembering. And until I realized it was just like already embedded itself into my brain, like mm-hmm. somewhere and it found the perfect location. And I was like, I'm not. And I really believed that I wouldn't be alone in feeling that way about this stuff. And I just had to figure out a way to get it to people. So they would, you know, pay attention or, or be intrigued enough to check it out. And that, and I felt like really intriguing, incredible product design through vinyl was a, a avenue to, uh, kind of break into people's attention it's so special like I every time I get a record it is like you know the feeling you get on like Christmas morning when you know like that you're getting the gift you want and you're about to open it and there's this whole like ritual process to the opening of it to looking at it I was just looking at the Frankie um release you did for record store day a couple years ago Mm. That one is so and like just which one never, the which, one I know right I should be specific yeah. the brain telephone one brain telephone I mean yeah with all the like glossy print on the you can just look at it all forever those, you don't have amazing. to play it I agree I mean <laughs> I was one week like those ideas and and really sticking to like a good idea and then seeing it across the finish line kind of deal because there's so many moments where like you've never done something before but you know you can do it like you just need to it's like it's really you got to just, just buckle down and get it across the finish line sort of as an idea and create reality from that. Right. Mm-hmm. And like things like that, those intense UV spot layers we started doing on those releases and stuff. That was just like crazy in the beginning. I was like, this is going to like, I had never seen one personally. Like I'd seen it as an embellishment on releases and stuff, but not where we like, you do it to like a hundred percent intensity. Like we had, we attempted, we did. It's, I feel like it was successful. Um, yeah, it's so I'm really beautiful. proud of those. Yeah, thank you. You should be. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I, even uh, my five-year-old was looking at it. She actually redrew the cover. She likes to look at record covers and draw That's them. Like which the I, biggest so compliment. Cute. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. so cute. She just goes down and draws them at, like five-year-old style. And she was like, "How do I?" That's draw the purest compliment. Sh- <laughs> She's yeah. like, "How do I draw all the shiny spots?" I need like a clear gloss. And I was like <laughs> laughing. I'm like, "She's already getting her little creative brain like." amazing that's what that's what that stuff is that's like that's exactly what we hope happens because that's when i would i go into like myself i go into record store and i just kind of like honestly admittedly i go into record stores and be just kind of overwhelmed by so much amazing things Mm -hmm. that are me that i'll like i'll i go in there kind of more sort of just like see all the incredible packaging and see all the ideas that everybody else is you know, every, what everyone's doing and, and what people are accomplishing that I didn't even know you could until I see it for the first time kind of deal. And then you're like, you make a note of that. You're like, oh shit, like 
And then it comes up naturally some other point. Oh yeah, like I remember seeing something like that. Like, what if we did it like this? Like, what if we did it all over the whole thing, you know? And it's just, it's really, really like, I'm, it's really I'm proud to hear that it touches people like that. Like, you know, it's really easy to get, we live in, I live in this like world where it's all, I know people are, thank, thank God I know people are enjoying these things because I know they're out there and we're selling them. Mm-hmm. But like that experience, that personal experience, I can only have my own really, you know, but I, I'm really thankful that it's really, really think that people are appreciating it in such an amazing way. That's really touching. Yeah. It's just, I think it's just a testament to, I think you, something you mentioned earlier about having like the good intentions when you're creating, like it seems to go well and fall into yeah. place when yeah. you know, you're aligned, you're aligned with what you're trying to create, like the vision that you have for the records. And there is something to being able to actually pull off more creative concepts that you haven't seen done too many times, or if you've seen it, you're not sure how they did it. And then like mm-hmm. the trial and error of figuring that out. Is there a lot of times where you're like, just throwing crazy stuff around to see what yeah. happens through Greenway, and then coming into the world of levitation and RAS, Vibration Appreciation Society, connecting all that and becoming a partner into the label side of everything. On that, like, really amplified the the prod, like the the potential for the products I was working on. It was crazy. We went straight, like we jumped straight into a deep end where I was working with all my favorite artists, like immediately. To the point where it's like we could Greenway could make records, but they were bespoke. They were the pressings. So frankly, we definitely and a lot of bands, Levitation Room, we started to build numbers after that. We started to build, you know, the ability to get them out. But like when I went to we did Levitation, we did when we started working with like VOCs and Ty Siegel and Buzz, and like these are just bands that like I you know still very much look up to that it kind of changed the game for me personally. And the ability to make product on a much larger scale. So like when I started to do 10 versions of like OC's records, we really could try a lot of things, like a lot mm-hmm. of ideas. And then you start to really see what works on a larger scale, like, and the ability to really test a lot of your ideas to the point where you start to really understand how a lot of like, from a pressing perspective, how it works. I also was really lucky out early Greenway days to, I had become really close with a pressing plant near New York called Stereo Disc that was in New Jersey, small plant that it was, started around the same time Greenway as a small label started and we connected with each other and they said, come, you know, come by, let's do this stuff. They basically let me press records on their presses at one point. And I was going there to like, get, like, I was like, we need to get this done. He's like, okay, come help me. And I'm like, we'll do it. You know? And that's how I press a, a lot of early Greenway got done that way. A lot of the crazy hand done records and the hand pouring and all that kind of stuff was literally me going to the plant in New Jersey and then hand pouring into the machine because we just, the guy was like, I don't have time. Like you got to come do it if you want this. Like it's just vinyl was getting crazier and crazier all the time. And that's so far out that you were just so literally I, hands deep in it. <laughs> all of that helped me understand like the con, like the, the properties sort of, of vinyl itself and how from a color perspective it works more or less kind of deal. Um, it's a very unique medium, honestly. It's not the same. Like a lot of people, you know, it's, I've got a lot of remarks over the years, like, oh, is it like a paint? It's like a paint. I'm like, it's a painting or it's like a, it's, and it's very unique to anything like that. It's a heavy machinery process. There's a lot of, it's, it's a, it's a hard wax material. It's a lot of pounds of pressure. It's like, 
it's just interesting. It's a mold compresses something and you come out and you realize like the way that it compresses, there are different machines. Some go like this, some go like this, the flow of the material and everything and how the colors mix are all unique. Yeah. And like, so it's like the more I was able to understand that from that perspective, the more I felt really confident in like doing really intense um, and like drastic, dramatic pressing variations from a color perspective. And that was also something I was just very passionate about from the beginning. Again, wanting to create these insane things that like I couldn't get my hands on that I just wanted to try to make my own version of somehow, basically from like a colored vinyl perspective. Yeah, just like ideas. You're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if this record looked like this? And then yeah. actually pursuing those ideas. When you were yeah. describing like the actual physical process, that's so fascinating to think that there is this me mechanism of steps that have to occur for music to play off of an object. Like how wild. Yeah. Like we just take that for granted. Like when you were describing Definitely. it, I was just imagining like, that's so wild that it's just like all these different steps have to happen for it to even do anything with that. And so many steps happen before that step that are all critical pieces. And like, that's another thing that I was able like over the years, just got a better understanding of and also started to develop really great relationships with more and more people, like-minded people, really talented individuals who did different aspects of that process really well like whether it be mastering engineers or lacquer cutting and like I have an incredible friend, Nick Townsend, who does a lot of our mastering and he cuts the lacquers. And that's like the first point from like taking your approved source audio, like the album as you want it to be and transferring it to that initial one of a kind cut. That's such an incredible, like incredible moment because you're taking what you, the artist has worked tirelessly to create and is in you know their life work in that moment and then transfer it into the way that they want everybody to hear it and then you take that and then you just begin the process like that that needs to be turned into metal and that metal needs to be flown to freaking a different country and then put on a machine and then they make a couple test ones and they send it back to me and and then i'm like analyzing it from the perspective of like does this you know is this as good and as great as we need it to be and because everyone, I've been able to find all these people that I believe in, I really believe that they're so good at the pro, at their pieces of the puzzle that by the time it gets to me, it's just like, it's already been so like taken care of mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So like, I've been really like, I feel like honing in the process and really becoming really excited about the work you put into the process yields really positive results more often than not yeah it really does because it's a thoughtfulness a mindfulness a, a carefulness on each person's step mm -hmm. like if they're not a hundred percent then you know you got to go back a few steps or you gotta like everyone mm -hmm. has to carry trust yeah and, and carry this like it's always inherent risk in, and in every piece of the puzzle. And that's a part of the game, really. You know, it's just like a part there. Every there's a you could have a positive and negative at any point. It's just natural. Right. But like the more you believe, and I think the more that you have you know, spent the time to learn and find the people who also spent all that time and have learned and are just become better and better at what it is they do we all just kind of benefit from these relationships that are really beautiful and 
I'm just thankful again to be able to make records like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, that's amazing. And, you know, you never get sick of hearing stories of people working together and, you know, helping each other make things that they wish like that they could create come true. Like that's, yeah, it's so beautiful. And it's not only special as like a fan of the records, but it's also special as a creative person yourself to hear other people just really, you know, throwing their all at it and things shaking out the way in ways they probably dr- didn't dream of, like didn't even know they wanted yet. So like with your, like you said, you know, collaborating and then becoming the label head over at Levitation. I know you guys just announced the Levitation Psych Fest. So yeah. you want to tell me a little bit about that? Cause I'm sure I have some friends in Austin. I'm sure. I know. Very exciting. I mean, my partner, Rob Fitzpatrick, his game is the festival side. He founded with with his best friends, the Black Angels, many moons ago, I want to say 2010, uh, before my time, um, even, they, you know, they really did, were on the forefront of, like, a new psychedelic wave, I would say. Absolutely. I mean, Levitation was a major inspiration for early Greenway apps. Like, it was like, when all that stuff came together, it was, like, kind of unbelievable, for me in a way that like I was on the same playing field at that point that they wanted, they, the respect was there and it was pretty, pretty wild. Um, but Rob is his, you know, he puts all his trust into me for majority of label, label business and, and, and all that, all that jazz and his game and his focus is, is always been predominantly his festival and levitation. And now he's bringing back the original Austin psych fest, which is just so exciting. I mean, from, from our, from, and where we work together, Rob is my partner on the label side. He founded all of these things with other great individuals that he had worked with back in the time and still, but it's just really, we have so much, like, there's so much potential there. It's like, for me, it's like, we, we record everything. We record every show at every, you know, that all the time. So like the potential in all those recordings, we hope to be able to, you know, make them real in some sort of release as some sort of release uh, capacity at some point, you know, you have to, you work hand in hand with the artists. You basically get the permission that you're going to archive the performance. Like we're from an archiving perspective, we archive everything. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk later about potential, you know, cause it's, a, yeah. you have to go and you have to work together hand in hand. You have to make, you know, and like, it's a very, very laborious process, but a very fulfilling one. When, when the cards fall into the place that they, you know, are meant to go essentially. And yeah, I mean, I'm just stoked for the fucking festival, really. I have a great time, and it's really fun, and it's really nice to be in the same place as everybody because we work really closely, but nowadays, you know, most of it's, like, you know, Rob is actually in Puerto Rico most of the year, even though he's from Austin, Texas, with his family, and um, that's where he lives predominantly, and we just, you know, it's really nice to be together with everybody that you work with, like, every day, and yeah, uh, the lineup is really exciting. I'm really stoked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you gotta like celebrate yeah. together. Yeah, exactly. It's a celebration. There's a lot. It's it's still actually the behind the scenes sort of festival kind of thing is intense. It's as intense as anything. It's a, so much work. It's you know he pours his life into it. And I why and I'm able. I'm lucky to like I show booking and all that kind of stuff is a totally different side of the music business that I not necessarily I'm intrigued by it, but I'm not. It's not really something I've ever 
been super passionate about, but like, I've learned so much watching him do it, I will say. Like, and it's just like, and I have so much regard and respect for that work. It's, and like to pull that off, uh, you know, now multiple times a year, he's doing Austin Psych Fest and Levitation as like a biannual thing. It's, it's a pretty, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And those levitation yeah. sessions are beautiful too. I, I, um, the last one I remember sitting and watching was the Babe Rainbow one. I'm a huge Babe Rainbow fan. I love the Babe Rainbow <laughs> as well. I'm really, yeah, those, the sessions were an incredible moment, like, and still, still an ongoing thing, but we had me and Rob had come together and it was very early, it, like in the, honestly, it really early in the pandemic. And we had this like thought, like we just wanted to figure out a way to like create live live experiences when you didn't have any and mm. like really quickly we rolled you know we just jumped head first into those sessions and really quickly we had ideas you know i wanted to release records i wanted to do i wanted to do uh release components that went hand in hand rob was incredible with merchandising and everything so we we did we did then we create these incredible packages between you know perspective vinyl cassette t-shirt poster everything that commemorated that incredible concert film which was more we also started to realize like these are incredible concert films yeah we want these artists to make these uh, we wanted them to approach them as their their like live in pompeii pink floyd moment like what is their film you know and we were able to create you know, moments and opportunities and collaborate with some of, again, more of my favorite artists, like, uh, to the point where it really became quite a incredible moment during a not so great time in the pandemic, you know, the quarantine periods of that early on 2000, 2000, you know, 2020, and it didn't slow down for us at the time. It was crazy, (laughs) actually. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, but it's kind of cool that that, that, you know, that not so great experience that everyone was having as creatives and artists and trying to survive, you know, that sort of state of the world that it brought out such a cool idea. Not that you didn't have like an idea to have concert films. I'm sure you did, but you probably didn't know how, like you weren't really forced to act on it until you were in that sort of a situation. And we had, you know, and and we had, we finally had time to pursue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That idea. Cause again, like someone like Rob, he's so, and he's so focused on the festivals, the festivals weren't happening at the time. So all of a sudden I had Rob's full attention from a releasing standpoint and the two of us together, we just were off to the races with ideas. And, and, and he's also like, like, he's also very passionate about getting things across the finish line. Mm -hmm. And I've always been that way to the point where we, it's an, it's an intense version of it, honestly, (laughs) which, which is a lot of fun, but it's now it's, I think it's the only way we kind of really turned into a real business like this. And, and, you know, I'm really fortunate and lucky to do this, right? Like, that's, that's just to do this. That's so awesome. I'm glad you feel that way. You know, some people have these sort of experiences and they don't, you know, stop and enjoy. So it's good that you stop and enjoy on occasion. Yeah, I mean, it can be very intense, you know, like we're in the middle. I'm like, I'm really like, I've been able to build a really cool office uh, environment here in in Bushwick, Brooklyn. That's like the Greenway and RAS Levitation home base. I have an incredible team of people who believe as much as I do in this. A great designer, Devin Bristol Shaw, who is our head designer, uh, who works in hand in hand with myself and Rob on all aspects of both labels. And um, 
Then we have Trevor, who's a drummer for Astad, who does a lot of work for us and kind of like jack of all trades, incredible. Uh, he just does everything that I need, a lot of digital like uh, marketing and stuff like that. And then I have an incredible uh, assistant label manager who helps me. Her name's Madeline Putin, who's incredible and just helps take a lot of things off my plate so we can start to focus on how to do more and more compelling things more often. And like with that and then Rob and then there's just so many people that, I mean, I'm fortunate. It's not really that many people. There's another Alex Geyser is incredible. She books a lot and does a lot of production with Rob has always been his like kind of right hands and co-producer for all for the, for, the, for that side of things. And her friend and associate Trish are helping us on social media. I just want to thank all these people in a weird way. Like just kind of, and, yeah. Just like, yeah. So sweet of you. Like, yeah, it is sweet. And it is important to recognize that like anything special takes a team and like, it's always going to be that way. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit, like, I love Acid Dead too, by the way, but I, they were one of the other earlier ones that I was like, this band just is alive. They, yeah. <laughs> like they, I just turned so, them I, on and I'm out. I'm like. Special songwriting. It just, to me, it's a, at its core, all these bands, like their songs are just so meaningful. They're just really good at writing songs. Like, yeah. You know, and they all are unique and they have their own version of like, you know just what i what makes me feel good listening to it and i want to take really, it yeah. yeah i want to take a dive with you on that so you know a lot of these artists are all very different and unique as you stated and but they all a lot of them have moments if not full-on have psychedelic qualities to their music and what do you think is so special about psychedelic rock like from the perspective of someone who's clearly out here you know, trying to promote it at all fronts. You clearly have a passion for it. So what is it for you that kind of, if you- I just think that it's it. just really like, it's it's so, it's it's a thoughtful music. It makes you think, it makes, it's like, it's like reading a book. You know, when you like read a book, even though I don't read as many books as I, I should, but like, you kind of like, you're, all of a sudden you can imagine everything. You're like kind of hallucinating straight up. Like you can see the movie of what you're reading. That's like an hallucination. To me, this music does that exact same thing. I can see and hear all these pieces and like, it's a vivid trip while I'm very sober, okay? Like, yeah. and what is that, you know? Like it, anything that makes your brain just go off into just like that other bland, you know, that higher other place. And then you come back down and like, even if it's just a song later or whatever, you're like, where did I go for two minutes and 30 seconds, right? Like mm -hmm. I went very deep within myself or somewhere else. Like, and like, and that for me is very stress relieving. And, and I, th I think all music is very inherently psychedelic. I think anything that is thoughtful and that just engages your senses and takes you like just somewhere else is inherently psychedelic. Like I think someone playing a guitar or not even, or just like a synthesizer or something by themselves, that can be psychedelic. Like there's, I just, I do think these bands do that particularly well, for sure. And like, and I think that they're really something special about how it's, I, I feel like we're all discovering these things at the same time as each other, mm -hmm. like, because there's something so special about that. Like, and I think we all also believe so much in sort of like what we found, like together, you know? And that is a really communal thing that is in, like, and I think there's a lot of community that 
so is super supportive of not only each other but also the form this this kind of artistic expression it's very special so yeah. to me all of that is psychedelic really it is <laughs> yeah yeah it is well you described it so well because it is about this connection of all these different things happening at once and something i find so interesting about a lot of these records from you and everyone over at greenway is the bravery of the authenticity like the idea that making these kind of songs is for a specific type of audience and that that is actually self-serving mm. and we don't have to like worry or be concerned about anything other than the art itself and it's like if you believe in it, it and it yeah. feels good, uh, like then you, I have always again believed that I wouldn't be the only person who thinks that it feels good. Like I really believe that, like it would make someone else feel as good as I feel, and I, that is, you know, I my own joy and and like passion is very much for myself, but I feel like the the idea that I'm not alone, and so there's like and there's. It's there's a collective, uh, I don't want to like, you know, there's a collective source of people who believe in this kind of thing. I don't want to say collective consciousness or something that connects everybody, but like it kind of, but they're like, you don't like, have to is, label it. Yeah, like, you yeah don't have I don't to even know. It. I don't even know. That's, the thing is, I don't the have truth. the answer. Exactly. Yeah. None of us know. Yeah. I was just about to say, you don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Nobody knows. I don't know. Yeah. We just know. There's something, yeah. right? Like you said, I just that kind of feel good sometimes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. The afterglow feeling you described, everyone yeah. knows what you're talking. And about. if I feel so bad, I stop. Like you know, and like I don't pursue that road. Essentially, mm -hmm. like follow your instincts. You know, yeah. like yeah. It's a lot of following your instinct. Like a lot yeah. of the I know I could point out and how you described it was you know oh and then you know i'm humming the song so then i you trusted you know that's yeah. following your instinct that's saying hey if this is coming up for me mm -hmm. that's going to come up for somebody else and i'm not going to yeah. be alone and that. like there's all these decisions being made but a lot of people don't necessarily listen you know when those things I think are you happening gotta listen to your instincts and be decisive as best mm -hmm. as you can be it's really hard to make a decision for a lot of people and like you know some people are better than others at committing to something essentially but i think once i've always been really true to the idea of like if it's good it's good just do it and move on like don't overthink i really hate overthinking things mm -hmm. i i get really i think i have like undiagnosed adhd like i can't keep my focus on things that i don't feel good about once you finish something it's over move on to the next thing like mm -hmm. there's an early feeling like you was for me too in the beginning it's like i i I always needed to be a, like there always needs to be the next thing needed to be in the works as this thing was I knew it was going to be it was going to be to the point of my completion that I wanted but I was already thinking of what would be next because you just like you if you didn't then by the time you got to the next point you kind of you so much you, everything takes so much time to do the process properly so like you need to be constantly kind of like open to the idea that all these things are coming, you can accept them all simultaneously, decide what is best and act on those decisions really swiftly um, because they're exciting to do, you know, without question, essentially. 
Yeah, and being able to let go and yeah. and be invested in the new idea and trust and then trust the trust idea. trust trust that decision. Trust the people you're you surround yourself with. They're there for a reason. You know, they're good at what they do, and they're so you know they have their own passion and their own decisions and ideas. Support that. You know, if you're there there because you believe from them and they're in the way they do things, you know? So it's like, you can butt heads with people that you even are very like-minded with, but there's almost, it's just, there's so much potential wasted energy and time. It's almost like just, if they're really, you just go with whatever the best, most passionate feeling is for something. And like, it's the only way you can do things in a, um, a high volume of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. To keep the, mm-hmm. keep the like, momentum moving instead of just yeah. like halting you know or like then, resting on the laurel of something that is even good you know mm-hmm. like what is that like you could have a really you could you could, you'll accomplish what you want to accomplish and you're super proud of it but what is that if not over you need mm-hmm. to keep moving and to me i was like a lot of the artists that i really respect and look up to always had that sort of mentality that was like it, it, once it's done it's done it's, it's it's like there's no that everything you could get out of it you've got to now put all that energy into what's next like a lot of people sit back and bask in it in a way it's like you can for a moment i think appreciate and and take all what you could hopefully learn from to do the next thing even better mm-hmm. basically and then just jump right into it because there's not enough fucking time yeah yeah there's not enough there's not enough time yeah oh my gosh it came up again yeah there's not enough time the um the letting go and the recognition that it is like the creation itself that's the fun like it isn't it isn't exactly it isn't the basking after because when you get caught up in that then you're not creating and then it just it creates an environment for creation to not happen anymore. That's when you start to realize the process is the best part. Mm-hmm. So like, and it's actually really funny. It's like not funny per se, but it's like a thing I see. There's a, there's this, I, I almost like a, it's almost ironic because there's a lot of amazing, incredible. I see this a lot with young bands, a lot of emerging bands who are really cutting, especially in a city like Brooklyn or whatever, where it's a really intense, a lot of bursts of like, there's a combination of, but it's like everybody's, really like everything must be done now this needs to come out now i need a record out tomorrow I need, but there's something about you lose the beauty of process where you can get so much value out of working putting all the work in to like get you know like for me when it comes to like uh, emerging like a band or something like a really new band that's really incredible or something it's like the more you can take something and get people to really feel that passion and energy start to believe with you believe not in you but with you Okay. And you start to build that team, like really like that there's a team ship or whatever. It's just sort of like all these people, they're getting so you're, which is you're here for a reason. They're inherently great. They have a lot of that. And it's like learning to balance it and be patient while learning and while being strategic with what, you know, the value that you do bring is your creation and what, and being so good at it, you know, and the high level of your talent um taking that and harnessing it and knowing how to be decisive but also strategic with it because that's what it is there's a very strategic game there's a difference between 
from a releasing perspective a lot when it comes to new bands or like we do a lot of different types of releasing these on the labels greenway did a lot of new bands levitation we do a lot of live music and a lot of these films and stuff there are different aspects of those types of releases i've been really like i've really dove deeply into all a lot of different versions of that type of label strategy sort of where i spent a lot of time and i was to working very closely with incredible talent that was coming up at the same time that I was coming up, whether it be Frankie and the Witch Fingers or that's that or Levitation or, you know, and like, and, and, and countless, I'm like very fortunate to have many others that I believe are incredible. Like it's, it's, it's intensely different from each other way of making music and then trying to release that in a conceptual way that you then essentially commercialize because that's, you know, that's just what this, that's, that's the, the, the music industry and business side of what we're doing. Right. So it's like there, you have to be, you have to be conscious and recognize that ultimately you are trying to commercialize your art, you know, and what is the most, what is the best way to get that into in front of people and make sure that, but the thing is, oh, there's so much beauty and passion because Again, from the very beginning, that's who we were. That's who we are. Mm. That's what we're making. How do we then put that in front of them? And they, that energy field is like in that brain telephone record glowing to that person yeah. in the record store. It doesn't have to be you in person. It could. I really believe that all that energy like goes, goes through every piece of the puzzle that that. And then when it comes down the pipeline, that all that it's all there. It's all there in, in that record. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. I can go off into some. I feel like I go into tangents. No, I don't know if I, anything I said made sense. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm the same here. First of all, yeah. <laughs> but no, I really do. When you're describing that, it just it it's describing the artistic process. And there's something really interesting about like I'm loving this insight into what you do because first of all, I don't do it, so it's really fun to hear about. But mm-hmm. also, the curiosity in me is just like firing off. It's just like wow, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have considered that you're not only trusting in all these different individuals, you're also experiencing the like artist high of completion, how you imagined it in your head. Yeah. And then and you're the also, fan, and, yeah. And then the fan yeah. getting it is exactly. a whole nother layer. It's just like, it's, it feels like a really, sometimes like an incredible chess game sort of like and you start to I always felt like you could start to see that game really kind of more clearly the more you played it and like mm-hmm. as crazy as that sounds it really is it is what it, it is what it is like that's you know and I think a lot of these incredible artists who really are doing things doing compelling things making names for themselves growing exploding they have such a deep understanding of that to the point where it's like they're in control they're in control like they and they see exactly how to do it in such a strategic and compelling way that it speaks for itself when you receive that piece of art that they put out into the world they don't even have to speak or say any of that you know it's behind a curtain of sorts but it's like not it's like funny i don't know there's a lot of well, what's beautiful yeah, is yeah. we can appreciate it on that level, like how we're speaking yeah. tonight, but you don't even have to appreciate it on that level to enjoy it. That's what's beautiful about it is like you can yes. be thinking about it 
as yeah. deeply and intensely as we are yes. discussing it because it is your passion and I, I'm genuinely, I care about it. But you can also just be the person who goes to the record shop yes. randomly and says, this I, looks cool. I, and I says, this looks cool. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I miss that a little, a lot, <laughs> like, actually. The spectrum is so wide. <laughs> You and cross it's so line. cool, yeah. You, you know, you go, there's like, and I'll say, when you decide to make something your job, and it's like, and, you, and even if it's your biggest passion, you're very like, and I'm, it doesn't, it doesn't ever get easier, I will say. Like, honestly, the better, and it is, the better it is, the more, in, it gets more intense, it gets more, it gets bigger, and it gets more, you know, and there's more pressure, and there's more, but it's a beautiful thing, because then when the successes become larger. And like, not even, you know, it just, and it feels like, you know, it's just, it's a pretty wild ride, even. And I feel like I'm in the very beginnings of it, very yeah. much so. Like, you know, I do I, too. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I relate it, to that feeling. It's crazy when you just all of a sudden things are like better than you could have planned. Yes. But more bizarre than you expected. I also feel like it's a very interesting time because we have this incredible, like it's, it's, it's very negative and positive in terms of like social media as an outlet of like connection with, you know, where there's like so much in your hands at any moment. It's such a tool. It's a very powerful tool. Obviously there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's personally, it can be very harmful for a lot of, you know, people cause it's, you can overdo everything and that's something you can overdo super easily. But like, I think it connects communities and stuff. And then people like you can things per, like per, like perpetuate potentially even quicker than they would without that avenue or that pipeline. A you thousand know? percent. And, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That is the like, that's like the knowing what to do with the tool, you know, knowing what to yeah. do with the tool. And it takes, you know, a little, a little bit of self-awareness and wisdom and personal growth to like know how to use the tool. Right. And that's just true with any tool in life, but totally. the, the idea of this connectiveness, I mean, all of these bands, a lot of their thriving communities and fan, you know, fan, I don't want to say clubs, but like fan groups or like fandoms. It's totally, it's not like worship. It's celebratory it's like oh they see this i see this we see yeah. this we're all yeah. we're all in on this together and it feels very um it feels like a togetherness not like the old style of like rock star you know celebrity worship it feels different and i feel like that's a really special unique aspect of these communities it really does i mean i feel like again you like we all can go to some other place within ourselves, but we're all kind of there together, you know? Like if we all listen to the same new record or whatever, and we, and, and you go to a show and you're all experiencing it together, you all went to these places individually, but together, right? And like, I feel like there's some sort of energy we meet up on all these places unique, like we are, like whether it's like you listen to the new King Gizzard record or something and we all, that song brings everybody to the same energetic place individually, we all like it's just kind of a thing though i don't know i, I think that's like and like it, so many people are connected by that yeah well and then we can talk about it on our phones you know, I know. And like, and then, yeah, yeah yeah and then yeah. we can talk about yeah. it like this and like i yeah. mean it it is like this hilariously fun thing where it's like 
oh, I can be interested in all these things that are connected to psychedelic rock, just to simplify, and want to talk to people who are making digital art about it, who are making films about it, who are making records for artists that are making it. And there's like all these things going on at the same time where it does feel like there's this thread like there's this thread that we all that we're all like kind of writing on even though we all have such different interests and you know projects going on it's very strange i feel like there's so much inspiration especially within this world of psychedelic music and the community that supports it that everybody there's so there's such an incredible energy that then inspires so many people to contribute their you know way of fulfilling their own creative you know need in some sort of even in the very personal way like and i think there's an incredible community uh that and then you have the outlets to connect with each other and appreciate each other's contribution and that's a very special time i think in a way easier time like where you can all we can connect with people all over the world and beyond and like that's how you know early greenway etc like it was such an incredible tool you know putting again i like go out there and put the stuff out there that i felt so positive about and people would people god knows from where i did not know these people they all felt the the connection and they and they supported it and that was a pretty incredible thing and still is well on a release day like there's a buzz there's just yeah. like a buzz when a new track is out for any of the artists on your label, for any of the artists that are in the same scene. There is like this collective buzz of excitement that seems very like palpable, even when you're not near the people. It's very. I agree. And I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's such an incredible it's for me and it's too from the other side. It's like such a culmination of all the process that it's a very it's always very fulfilling, but also like sort of not, not sad because you're on to the next thing, but you're kind of like, it's, it's all good and happy and exciting. It's just almost like, I don't know. It's a crazy thing. It's a different feeling. Maybe. Sounds like you're like maybe yeah. grieving the fun you had making it. Yeah. In a way. Cause then it's like, cause sometimes the next thing isn't, you know, for me, I work with a lot of different bands and next thing will be another project. That band then will start to support that thing for a long period of time, which is incredible, but we will then, you know, we won't have that process again for, it'd be, you know, who knows when, you know, I'm fortunate that a bunch of these bands I've had that process over and over with, which is incredible. Once you start to do things and work closely with them and start to build a catalog of incredible work together. But like there were moments where, Wow, we did that. It's like more it's like, rele- a it's like a release. Yeah, like a release. It's it's a release. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting release. It's all different things. It's very cathartic, actually. I will say, um, it's very it's it's a culmination of all that stuff. And you know, and because again, I've always kind of been in the minds of like appreciate it, learn from it, and jump into what's next kind of deal. That. Yeah. Yeah. What um what's coming up for Greenway? Anything you want to? <laughs> throw out to the listeners i'm really excited about a bunch of new things between both greenway and levitation reverb um we have in the near future very near future we will announce record store day releases from both labels of which i'm very excited about um 
and people I think will be really excited about both of them. I, and I will say we'll be announcing them in just a couple of weeks. So I'll leave it you know, at that. But Record Store Day 2023 is going to be awesome. I'm really happy and excited about all the work we put into a couple of records, one on each label. And we are the last two days. We actually jumped really head first into this King Gizzard Red Rocks box set. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, that so was like a beautiful. marathon. I'm very excited about it. I mean, I... I you know, it's funny, like, I never uh, was super driven to get into the uh, bootleg thing that they started doing, because I think it was really, I just really had a lot to do with our own releases yeah, or anything. Yeah, just busy. But this, <laughs> this Red Rocks one was so, um, like, massive and such an undertaking and so, like, ambitious, because it's, like, 12 albums, and I was, like, looking, and people were hitting me up, like, some of my friends were like, did you see this? Did you see this? Like, this is crazy. And I'm like this does seem crazy. Like, wow. And I'm like, who's going to do this? Like, there was going to do it. It's 12 LPs. Like, you know, it's not the same kind of thing as one record. It's very time consuming. It's very expensive. Um, mm. And I was like, this is ambitious and crazy. Like, that's the kind of shit that I like to do. So like, we kind of just jumped headfirst into it and we, it's been really fun and exciting. And I'm excited to create that and make that real. And we're going to make a really beautiful box set um, that I think will be very special. People will, treasure i'm hoping because i i'm I'm excited for i'm so excited about what we're putting together that i will treasure it so again like (laughs) it's that feeling like i can't i know people are gonna dig it that is fun it's always fun to make that kind of record because like it's Mm -hmm. like when you can do it and become and you do it in a way where like so many people are into it all of a sudden so many possibilities are possible because it's like at scale it's not a very this when something is small it's very bespoke it's very it's it'd be very consuming not just for your time but like expensive to make you know these things aren't cheap but they're once you make a lot of them every single individual one becomes more uh it just becomes the unit cost goes down okay like it's like yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, but (laughs) like that being said you can do really crazy nice things that like the crazy nice things on a smaller scale is just too they're just too expensive they Mm -hmm. don't it, it, it would make it it's cost prohibitive and it doesn't make when you sense. get into at, yeah at scale it becomes completely possible to do all the, the bells and whistles and stuff like that so like yeah. a release like that provides itself the opportunity to go crazy and do all the bells and whistles which is always kind of fun to you know how can we do this even more special than we even understand even in this moment <laughs> yeah. just like, kind of what this thing crazy is plan yeah yeah it's wild of them that they do that huh it is pretty wild, honestly. Yeah, like I mean, it's it's it's, it's pretty genius. badass. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like very. Uh, it's very Grateful Dead and esque in the 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 bootlegging. Like the Dead did it with the taping community. They just like mm-hmm. they they realize that the more people that hear the music, the better. The exactly. audience perpetuates, and really, where they see the growth is then their shows go insane. They go from you know. I saw King Gizzard many years ago in 200 cap rooms in Brooklyn. I was fortunate wow. to be around when they were doing like mind fuzz and recording all that at Daptone in Brooklyn. We were hanging out with it, like at Babies All Right. They were there every weekend. It was kind of crazy. I was telling a friend, like we were kind of reminiscing on how crazy that is because now they're selling out Red Rocks, which is like 10,000 people a night. And like, it's a big, I think it's very prominent to me. That is the most, I feel so promising for what we're doing. And so like valid validating for what we're doing, because I believe wholeheartedly that we have as all that potential as well. 
Yeah. And, and to see someone be that successful and to have everything go exactly as you, um, as you know, it could go, it's very, uh, it just feels really use, you know, it feels so good for them. And it also feels so good for the community. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited about all those releases and what are all the festivals coming up? We have Austin Psych Fest in Austin, in Austin in late April. It's going to be great. We also have, I'll probably be down at South by Southwest. Uh, we're doing a levitation showcase at Hotel Vegas, which we're planning. I don't think that has been announced yet, actually, but that'll be announced soon. Like we're, we're going back to Hotel Vegas. We've done that all they've done many years there. Um, that'll be fun. Then Levitation France in June or late May actually is really great. I'm really excited because Acidad is playing France and Austin Psych Fest. I'm really excited for them. Mm. Yeah. So uh, those are go through late May. And that is, I'm excited about all that. That sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Um, I don't know. I was just thinking like... Uh how much I want to go to the Austin Psych Fest now. You should go. I know. You need yeah. like a, I need like to be like a, um, media a MTV. Yeah. MTV yeah, exactly. DJ, like, like VHS tape. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm here with acid dad. <laughs> exactly. That's actually, that would be great. Yeah. There's a, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of room for incredible editorial type stuff like that. That exactly. That was, the, the heyday of the VJ, you know? Yes, yeah, the MTV it. VJ. It's <laughs> like, there's an interesting, and now instead of the TV set, we have our phones, but like people are doing that, you know? And it's like, and there's freaking definitely an audience uh, Be consuming creative it. and have fun, yeah. yeah. Be creative and have fun, exactly. Yeah. I love it. Well, I appreciate your time tonight and I hope you had a good time chatting. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. You're very easy to, to talk to. And I appreciate you caring and asking questions and paying attention and just like absorbing all this stuff that we put out there. It's really crazy to me that other people like it and listen. I still yeah. feel that I still feel that that is crazy. Well, and me I appreciate and a you. whole lot of my friends do. So I appreciate yeah. you guys a lot. <laughs> yeah. We really, we, I know, and I know all the bands do as well more than we could ever express yeah so thank you i love them all and i was actually just before we got on here we'll give one last uh greenway shout out i was just listening to the oh the australian uh singer um baby uh baby cool baby cool yeah, yeah i was making sure yeah. i said it right i didn't want to say it wrong i'm so well, i was like i worked with a bunch of australian bands and i was like but baby cool is the is i'm very excited about it's such a beautiful record, honestly. This comes out on February 10th. I'm super excited about Baby Cool. It's like, I don't even, it's like my brain is in a million places. <laughs> Baby Cool's well, record comes out on February 10th. We've been working so hard on this. I'm so excited about it. I'm just very, very happy to be doing all of this. Really feel lucky. So thank you. Thank you for, thank you for letting me know even what I'm doing. I yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> I'll get you, I'll have your back. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks again. And I look forward to chatting again soon. I will uh, send you everything when it's all finished. I'll see you at Austin Psych Fest, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. yeah, yeah. Thank keep, you. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you so well, have much. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Um, 
Thank you so much to Harry Portnoff for sharing the Greenway record story and all that he's doing currently with levitation and reverberation appreciation. What a treat. And I think I need to pack a bag, apparently, for Austin. Hmm. Maybe I need to look at some outfits. Anyways, if you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share it with all of your friends. Check out previous ones with other musicians, artists, filmmakers, etc. You know, the creative ones we all know and love. If you want to support my show here, Awareness with the Mandolin, you can join me over on Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash A-M-A-N-D-O-L-I-N. And you will get some pretty far out psychedelic stickers of the show logo, my pinup art, and also my zine. I have a few more copies. So you get rewarded for your support. Oh, also, a new guided meditation by yours truly is on there. Just uploaded. Thanks again to Harry. Thank you to all of you for listening. Remember, tune in, turn on, and create. This has been... Awareness with Amanda Lynn.